Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mudiwa Gavaza, and for today, we do get into a discussion following on uh, from the many that we've had around uh, cybersecurity issues, cybersecurity threats, the digital environment, and how you protect yourself. And, uh, you know, for today, we're going to be talking to a company that specializes in this type of thing, and that is MimeCast, and specifically looking at the public sector government and that type of thing. How can this uh, particular realm be protected? What are the unique threats to that realm? We've seen so many cyber attacks happening over the last couple of years and South Africa is ranking as one of the most uh, you know, vulnerable and attacked institutions around, uh, around the world from the many reports that we have covered on this platform. So for today, um, I am uh, going to be chatting to Moss Gondwe, who is the public sector director over at MimeCast. Moss, greetings to you today. Greetings to you, Mudiwa. Thanks so much for in- inviting me to your show and uh, greetings to the listeners as well. Now, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, I think, you know, for most people, especially those that, uh, that are in corporate South Africa, you know, many people know MimeCast as, uh, you know, being the being an e- a secure email provider and protecting, you know, those types of environment. Uh, but maybe you could just give us a little bit of insight, uh, you know, maybe more specifically around your role over at MimeCast. I think uh, from a MimeCast point of view, we do uh, offer protections to private se- both private sector and public sector. But more importantly, in South Africa, I've been brought in in the role of public sector director to try and also look um, pass the message across and make sure that the government, the agencies, departments understand the risk that's posed by this new war that we face with uh, globally. And also to, to in- intervene and also have sessions at high level in public sector departments as well to, to make them aware of some of the threats that we're seeing happening on a day-to-day basis and the impact that it, it can have on the citizen, more especially if we were to be attacked as a country. All right. I think that gives us a little bit of insight from that point of view. And just doing uh, some of the research, uh, I think we alluded to it at the beginning, the fact that, uh, you know, there are all of these reports uh, that show South Africa's vulnerability within the global context. And I see that Interpol's African uh, Cyber Threat Assessment Report for 2021 found that South Africa led the way in all categories of cyber attacks from digital extortion and online scams to business email compromise attacks etc i think for us the the main thing is trying to get into some of the practicalities we all interact with the government services in one way or another you know i'm sure the big ones tend to be your home affairs type of services transport department uh, maybe even uh, some of the utilities municipalities that type of thing uh where are the threats right uh, you know is it across the system are there specific areas that tend to be targeted what's happening out there. I think maybe Mudiwa, it's important to note that look, communication has become email has become the most way of communicating, and all government departments use emails to communicate. And we see as high as 98% of all the attacks that are happening are ha- coming through emails, be it in attachments or some in some remote areas, remote um, USBs, but all government uh, entities are targeted, it's not specifically those big ones. 
but also look, the cyber criminals as well can prioritize and say, look, if we go after, for example, as you mentioned, home affairs, we can compromise information on the citizens of South Africa. You can imagine 60,000 records of all of us sitting in the home affairs if it's compromised and then maybe be sold in the black market today risk that will pose onto all of us as citizens of this country. You know, government has tended to have a a reputation, despite some of the rhetoric um, around the fourth industrial revolution and digital transformation and all that, uh, government has had a reputation of sort of being slow when it comes to the adoption of technology and making some of those uh, advancements in, uh, in, uh, in its systems. Does that contribute in any way uh, to some of the security threats? We're seeing, I think, governments across the globe also adopting and also moving a bit quicker in terms of adopting strategies to combat the cybercrime that has hit us in the recent years. But also given that, look, you know, we had this pandemic which accelerated the digital transformation, but with that as well, it created a gold mine for the cyber criminals as well. So it's something that's evolving and we helping government to try and keep up as well with because these things are changing by minute as well because these uh, criminals they stay ahead of the game but also look is to try and bring our government and agencies as well to try and keep up and then be ready but the most important thing as well it's it's all good and well to say government must provide the infrastructure but if we, the citizens are not aware of some of the major things that they're dealing with and given that in South Africa as well I mean Mudiwa we have so much high dependence on social grants. If you use that as an example, most of the people who receive the social grants, yes, in the urban area, they've got access into mobile phones and all those things. In rural, rural areas, they could be vulnerable because if they get an SMS to say, look, your grant is ready, please respond to this SMS. Because they need the 350 rand grant, they just respond without being aware. But if we can create that awareness, it can go a long way to addressing some of the other challenges as well that, look, we're seeing emerging in, in, in South Africa. You know, what you're saying is actually quite uh, quite scary and very important because I think some of the statistics that uh, I've recently seen, you have 20, 25 or so million people that are on social grants in South Africa. And that's a huge part of the population and a huge point of vulnerability, um, like you said. And I think one of the themes that you're sort of alluding to is the importance of, I, I guess, educating the people. And I guess that also then begs the question we spoke just just now about, I guess, the slow pace of governments around the world to adopt uh, some of the technology. But does the technology really matter if the people, you know, like you said, the citizenry, the public sector workers themselves, the individuals continue to be the biggest point of vulnerability? I think we need to look at it in two ways. The technology can protect the information from coming through from cyber criminals. But also, look, it's also important for us to continue to educate the citizens because there are tools and services that are out there. As I said, alluded to in my earlier uh, speech, to say, look, most of these attacks come through emails. Yes, there are those that come through the cell phones and all those environments. But those that are coming through emails, we do have solutions to stop bad things from happening to those good organizations by blocking them so that they don't get into those organizations that they can spread like wildfire once they're in those organizations. 
organizations. And also, look, it is important, Mudiwa, to also note that you could have people working in public sector who are not supportive of what's happening in the in the in the country. And we have systems as well that also protect that sensitive information does not leave the premises of any department to go out to the wrong individuals. So that in itself as well, it's covering two ways, educating the citizens, making sure that we do have the, the technical tools to help combat some of those things happening or coming through into our environment and keeping them away. And also some of the information that we have inside, not to leave our premise and go to wrong people. Yeah, no, the education piece and component is certainly important. Like you said, as much as, you know, you can have have the advancements, you also need to have people that are aware uh, of what's going on. Uh, but Moss, I keep hearing you talking about email compromise and the fact that um, a lot of attacks are coming through, you know, from emails. Maybe that's something that we can drill down on, you know, very quickly to say, maybe you could give us some insight. I don't know whether you have any statistics or numbers to help us to, I guess, contextualize uh, the threat that emails uh, as a conduit uh, of attack, you know, how much of it, uh, how big it is um, in comparison to some of the other, you know, means of attack that are out there. Okay, if I take you back to the MIMCAR state of email security report, which came out now this year in 2022, it found that about 98% of South African companies either use or plan to use a brand protection services this year, whilst 86% use or intend to use a DMARC to protect their email domains from impersonation. The reasons are clear, uh, Mudiwa. 87% of South African organizations were made aware of spoofing attacks using a lookalike domain or a website loan with a 17% seeing more than 10 such attacks in the past year. When such attacks are successful, they do untold damage to the trust between organizations and its customers. Research conducted in 2021 found that 83% of South Africans would lose trust in their favorite brand if they disclose information to a spoofed website imitating the, that brand, while three quarters will stop buying from a brand if they fall victim to cybercrime while interacting interacting with that brand online. That's actually very scary, you know, like you said, uh, you know, the statistics uh, that are out there. And at least just listening to some of the numbers, it does sound as if people are aware at least of the threats that are out there to say that uh, if a certain service has been, you know, compromised, etc., I may not want to use it. But isn't it also true, Moss, that, uh, you know, organizations are being uh, attacked left, right and center almost on a daily basis? Uh, the issue is just more about who actually gets to go through and how many of these cases we actually hear about. It is, um, I think, Mudiwa, Let's put it this way. I mean, you know, in South Africa, you know, we've um, moved steps ahead now to try and report such incidents because really if they're not reported, reported the organizations maybe for the fear that, look, it might affect their share price and all those things, it can also look lead to criminals continuing to harvest in the, in, 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 in the environment. But also, look, if you make laws that make sure that, look, it's a criminal offense, it can be investigated and people can be locked away for a long time 
or pay huge fines if they find they to be involved in this environment. It also sends the right message to say, look, yes, you can take your chances and try and um, attack organizations or government agencies, but make sure that, look, when you get caught, you're going to spend a lot of time in jail as well. So you need to think about it as well before engaging in, and committing into such acts. I think you bring up a very interesting point, Moss, because I think when people study uh, all of these cases around cybersecurity, one of the big things that does come out, especially in the private sector, is that for for many years, you know, organizations have been getting attacked. It's just that, you know, no one was willing to talk about it for the reasons that you've just stated, whether it's the reputation, share price, all of that. Thankfully, the likes of Poppy and, you know, some of the new uh, measures and regulations, you know, do compel disclosure of some of these things on the government side of things how how are the attitudes in terms of actually disclosing and talking about these things whenever it does happen look i mean it has become mandatory now that look any government department that gets attacked needs to report such because the ben- big benefit of that is other departments can benefit and also do something to prevent such occurrences of this environment as well and also, look, there is an act that has just been approved as well to criminalize any act people who are involved in these cyber crimes. So that in itself shows that government is taking um, cyber crime seriously. I mean, it was spoken about the minister, the minister, previous minister of defense in 2018. She did indicate to say there is a need to collaborate to address the challenges that are posed by the cyber attacks in South Africa. And uh, as late as 2019 as well, the Deputy Minister of Communication, Ms. Pinky Kekana, also alluded to the point that there is a need to collaborate between public sector and private sector as well in order to address these things, because they are not only going to be unique into private sector, but they cut across both public sector and uh, private sector. It's certainly good to hear that uh, the government is taking all of these issues uh, seriously. I think people have seen in the United States uh, in particular uh, where certain uh, public infrastructure is taken over uh, by criminal actors, whether we're talking about, you know, oil pipelines and that type of thing, it can have a direct impact. I remember there was, uh, I'm just forgetting the name of the pipeline. I think it was called the Colonial Pipeline a couple of years ago that got compromised. Private company, but it had uh, public ramifications because oil supply and therefore fuel supply in the area um, ended up actually coming down. Have there been any of these cases that people can point to? I think in the last couple of months, we've heard of SOEs that have been compromised. And, you know, SOEs are companies, but but they're part of government. Do you make any distinction between any of the two, especially when it comes to attitudes and maybe even uh, levels of seriousness uh, when when you're talking about um, cyber threats and attacks. Look, I mean, let me respond this way, Mudiwa, to say over the past few years, the country has been grabbed with successive high-profile cyber attacks on key government institutions, state-owned enterprises, high-ranking government officials, including the Department of Home Affairs, South African Space Agency, and even the presidency it, it, uh, itself was attacked by this uh, this attack uh, by this cyber crime uh, incident. 
So these also look, you know, if you look cast back to the U.S. as well, that's why, I mean, cyber criminal has been elevated to the state, to the same state state as, um, what do you call it, terrorism. So it just goes to show governments across the globe, they're taking cyber, uh, cyber act and cyber security that's serious to equate it to the terrorism. As we're rounding up this discussion then, Moss, uh, you know, one of the big things that happens in uh, when, when where, where government is concerned um, and people always talk about it is uh, procurement practices. But people always uh, talk about procurement practices in government in relation to dodgy dealings, corruption, state capture, all of that, uh, all of that stuff. But approaching procurement from a digital security point of view, are there any issues, you know, that maybe um, people can flag? I, I think about uh, maybe the reliance on certain vendors or certain products. The whole of government, you know, from beginning to end, all departments are using maybe one type of email server and that email server gets tagged that compromises everything from A, B, um, from, from A to Z. Um, any thoughts, you know, just around procurement practices and just protecting government from that point of view? Yeah, look, you know, if you look at it this way, I mean, we've got an agreement. Uh, the South African government has adopted Microsoft as the communication tool. So having adopted that, it does not necessarily mean you've got 100% protection. That's why you need an additional layer of security. Let me explain it to you this way. Um, for example, we all pay taxes and then the police are out there to try and protect us. But the reason why we've got the arms response companies that protect our homes is because there is a need and there's a feeling as well to say, look, the current services that are being pro provided by the security agencies in the country may not necessarily be adequate. So individuals have taken protection to, cover, to protect themselves with an extra layer. The same thing should apply in business and public sector as well. You can't be reliant on one vendor or OEM to provide you everything because there cannot be extra expertise in all the three areas. They may have a certain level of expertise in protecting you, but you certainly still need the second layer or the third layer of protection to make sure that nothing happens in your environment to stay secured. That, that's uh, certainly a good way for us, uh, you know, to, to, to come to the end of this discussion. Perhaps as a quick follow-up, you know, to what you've said, some of the easy tips uh, that you can give to people. I'm just uh, circling back to the issue of uh, email uh, that you spoke about earlier on. Yeah, you might, we might be speaking to people that are working in government or maybe even just ordinary South Africans that are interacting um, with government departments or things that they are interacting with the government departments. Any quick tips before we let you go, Moss? Thanks so much, Video. I think the biggest tip that we need to give to our people is to take, maybe to use an example, take people back. Remember when our streets were so filthy, we couldn't, there was, you couldn't just, even if dustbins were there, people were not throwing their, 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 their litter into the dustbin. We came up with a campaign because we're very good as a country. We came up with a campaign to, throw it the ZB can to throw it in the in the in the can and it works so well but the same thing as well if government agencies or the citizens as well can adopt if they become aware of some of the scamming to 
try and spread the news around, but also create awareness on television, speak about it, on the billboards, speak about, don't open something that you don't expect. There is no cousin that can send you an email that you have never heard of that, look, there's inheritance that you need to get, and then you open that attachment because you're just asking, getting yourself into unnecessary um, trouble. <laughs> so you've heard it right there. Uh, be careful of any long lost and unknown cousins that might have an inheritance for you. It's likely uh, not a thing. It's likely a scam. So that's been us. We were talking um, around uh, the importance of cybersecurity and also how cybersecurity is being implemented and some of the threats specifically talking around government and the public sector. That is, uh, you know, the one branch of the country that tends to um, have interactions with almost everyone across the country. So protecting that part is very important. We spoke uh, just now about the fact that government across the board uses uh, Microsoft um, and its uh, Office 365 packages as, uh, you know, their their means to, you know, to be productive, um, email communications, productivity, uh, that type of thing. And uh, Moss is just saying that, yes, you can have that as a point of vulnerability, but what one needs to be able to do is to have other layers of protection, you know, on top of that using um, the example of police and um, private security services, you know, as an example, an armed response to say that, yes, can have, you know, that one uh, state-led um, initiative, but you also, you don't need to come in and, uh, you know, just augment some of those capabilities, you know, as much as possible. And one of the big things that uh, came out throughout the conversation is to say that, uh, you know, spoofing, um, impersonating, and uh, lookalike, you know, services is one of the biggest ways in which uh, people, you know, are being scammed, people are falling victim. Um, you might think that you are um, d- d- chatting to uh, the Department of Home Affairs, for example, but it's actually a fake website. Maybe it's not um, homeaffairs.gov.za, but maybe homeaffairs.co.za and someone has gone and spoofed. So people should always be vigilant of those issues. And then also just uh, mentioning the fact that email continues to be uh, one of the biggest uh, points of vulnerability, you know, around uh, around uh, the world, even when it comes to cybersecurity threats and attacks. So that's been it. Uh, Moss Gondwe is the public sector director over at Mimecast. Moss, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you so much, Mudewa, and thanks so much to the listeners. This is Mudiwa's take. Really great conversation there with Moss uh, just around uh, what's going on in the public sector and some of the uh, threats uh, that are being faced. And it's a very important discussion because we always uh, tend to look at these conversations from a private company perspective. And, uh, you know, especially because uh, so many people deal with uh, institutions such as your banks, etc. Those tend to be uh, the ones that are receiving a lot of high profile attention whenever they do get attacked. 
but government you know very important and um, you know the slow pace of governments to change around the world has contributed in some way uh, to all this so it's always great to hear someone like Moss actually saying that uh, there is a move um, you know to quicker responses and faster implementation of uh, some of the new technologies which add a layer um, of protection to those government systems but like with anything else uh, one of the things that always keeps coming up in these conversations is to say that it is the individuals, the people um, in the system uh, that tend to be the biggest point of vulnerability because it's one thing to get a fake email, fake SMS or whatever it is and quite another to not be aware uh, that you are being scammed, spoofed, etc. So um, the awareness is very important. Having Driving those uh, public awareness campaigns is likely going to be a big tool that people need to have um, I think at this point at, at school level uh, people might as well because we've always been advocating for um, lessons in computers, computer science, coding, all of that. It only makes sense. I'm sure that it is happening, but it only makes sense um, that all of these issues around uh, digital security be discussed in your schools going forward just so that you have a generation of uh, people uh, that already understand um, inherently uh, what all the dangers and threats are going forward. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. Thank you to our amazing team. Our producer is Paige Muller. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight which is a multimedia live production. So for myself and the rest of the team, it is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.